The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Okay, could today have gone much worse for the Royals? I mean, the answer is obviously yes, it could have gone a lot worse. But realistically, could it have gone much worse? Welcome to another edition of Clubhouse Conversation. It's Davo with your dish, and I'm semi-somber this evening as we recap today's game against the Yankees. And more in particular, we talk about the most precious left shoulder in Kansas City at the moment. The most thought of left shoulder in Kansas City, and that, of course, belongs to Danny Duffy. That's the forefront story with the game kind of drifting to the background just because of the ramifications this could have not only for the rest of September and this season, but also 2015 and beyond for the Royals. Now, we'll see what happens with Danny Duffy. Of course, you know by now he threw one pitch in the bottom of the first against the Yankees, and right away Salvador Perez motioned to the the dugout for the trainers to come out. Moose came over, and, you know, obviously they were all aware that Duffy was having trouble getting loose today. But you hear those dreaded words, the phrase shoulder soreness and tightness. You never want to hear that phrase especially with a franchise pitcher like Danny Duffy appears to be coming. And in my book, the premier young starting pitcher the Royals have. I think I, th- I think his ceiling is still a, a hair higher than your Donovan Ventura. I think I might be not necessarily in the, in the majority on that. I think a lot of people think it's equal or maybe Ventura has the edge. But either way, it doesn't matter. Both are great pitchers and equally important to the Royals. But, I mean, this is a huge deal if Danny Duffy long-term is having shoulder issues, obviously. Already had the Tommy John such a great team player, great kid, and obviously a terrific pitcher on top of that. So this would be devastating for the Royals going forward in 2015 and beyond, possibly in the playoffs. But I'm going to tell you here on Clubhouse Conversation some good news here in a second. I'm going to tell you two different options the Royals can do to get by without Danny Duffy if, in fact, the MRI Sunday afternoon comes back with bad news for KC. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. So two different options, and one of them I think is a pretty good option. But real quick, we'll talk about the game before we get to that. Now, the Royals obviously played a bad game today. No way around it. It was almost like that Duffy injury completely took the wind out of their sails. I mean, it did for the fan base, obviously, and it should. I mean, that's you know we've seen that before with poor Danny Duffy against the Angels. It was almost identical. First inning it happened. So, you know, seeing that was, was tough today. One pitch from Danny Duffy. Uh, but, I mean, the players can't be having that completely take the wind out of their sails. I'll give him a pass today this one time because of how important he is and how much you know people like him. But the offensive approach, let's start with that because it's got to get better. Six strikeouts against McCarthy and company, just one walk. Six Ks and one walk. I don't got to tell you that's not going to get it done. You know that. Hacking at bad pitches all day, taking the good ones seemingly. I mean, the Royals had a runner at second with one out. In an inning and didn't get him, you know, didn't move him past second. Had a runner at third with one out, never moved him. Kane struck out like he seems to do all too often in the last few weeks with runners at third base and one out, having bad at bats. I don't know what happened to Kane. I don't know if he needs some time off. Maybe he's fatigued. Maybe he's a little bit worn out. I thought for sure that Dyson would start today with a day game after a night game. I'm sure he will tomorrow. I'd be surprised if we see Kane out there tomorrow with the options Ned has. But then you had another runner, Omar Infante, thrown out at third base on a play where he wasn't running as hard as he could on that scoring base hit by Alex Gordon. You had Salvador Perez airmailing a throw to third. You just go on and on and on. There was play after play today. The Royals just were sluggish. They didn't appear to be overly interested. Their approach was bad. They didn't seem to have energy. They're just It was just a sloppy game by the Royals. And we seem to get those like once every 10 days this year. 
So you just shrug it off and hope it's two weeks till the next one. You hope you only have basically one more of those the rest of the way because you can't afford to have too many more, obviously. The Royals now need to win, obviously, two of the next four on this road trip for bare minimum. As we said, three and three coming into this trip was the bare minimum, especially after you win game one, one nothing. So the Royals, you'd love to see them come out tomorrow and take care of business. They've got the pitching matchup tomorrow in their favor with Ventura against Shane Green. Shane Green's solid, but coming off an outing where he gave up six runs and two and two-thirds against Boston against Ventura, who's been boss all year. So you get a win tomorrow. It doesn't matter what happens to Detroit. You're going to go into Detroit with a two-game or a game-and-a-half lead, however you look at it. So I just think the Royals win tomorrow. They're in, they're in pretty decent shape. You're 2-1 on the trip. You just got to get at least one on Detroit. If you get if you get two in Detroit at that point, you're doing great. But I mean, take care of business tomorrow, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But, but, but back to today, Liam Hendricks comes in for Danny Duffy. Obviously, he's the one you bring in. No doubt there. He was so-so. I don't think he was awful like some people tried to say. Give the guy a break. He wasn't expecting to come in. You know, normally a starting pitcher gets to warm up for 15 or 20 minutes. Easy. Gets to stretch and run. And I mean, he got what? seven minutes when he came in from the bullpen. I mean, I'm just saying, first time pitching in Yankee Stadium, I'll, I'm, I, I didn't think he was awful. He wasn't good. I'm not saying he was good today, but I didn't think Hendricks was as bad as people said. His problem was that the changeup was just hanging middle-middle right over the plate. The fastballs were decent. He was keeping the fastball down, but couldn't see any. He had some decent tail action, too, on the fastball at times, but the off-speed stuff, even some breaking balls, were just flat and over the middle. Four innings, four runs for Hendricks. He didn't walk anybody, which is good. Scattered seven hits, struck out three. Not his day, but, you know, we'll talk about him in a second because he's one of two options the Royals have for filling in for Duffy. Casey Coleman, brutal in his inning. A guy that I imagine will probably only see one more game out of these last, what, 22 the Royals have left, 21 they have left, whatever it is, 22, I think. A guy you probably only see one more time in a blowout at some point the last three weeks, and that'll be it for him. But two runs on three hits, a walk and a K out of Casey Coleman. Yikes. Brandon Finnegan, though, the opposite end of the yikes. I mean, that's a that's a wow with nine exclamation points I have here in my scorecard as I kept scoring today. Two perfect innings for Finney. We'll call, let's call him Finney. He probably will be Finney, won't he? I'm sure Ned will add the E to him, so we'll just call him Finney right now. <laughs> two perfect innings with two Ks. Wow. I mean, the first guy since Jeff Granger in 93 to come up and debut the same year he was drafted. Granger was out of Texas A&M back in the day. That one obviously didn't end up too well. Another left-handed pitcher, college pitcher. So hopefully Finnegan has a much better career than Granger would have, although Granger had a, some tough injury issues. But I love the sweeping slider out of Finnegan. That's what I saw most today. I, I didn't realize how plus that pitch really is. The fastball touched 95, was sitting 93, 92 consistently. Changeup looks to be a plus pitch. I mean, you just look at Finnegan and you get excited. You know, especially because there's no scouting report on them right now. You all see these other teams, like, bring up these guys, you know, in September. And they're, they're not all those guys drafted in the same year that, you know, and debuting that same year. But you just think back to guys like Sonny Gray and David Price came up out of the bullpen when he first came up in September. And you go back and just look at different guys. Chris Sale, I believe, was up the same year he was drafted. You go back and look at some of these guys, especially lefties. They start off in the bullpen, and no one's seen them yet. And they're throwing hard. I mean, I just feel like Finnegan could be a weapon. These last, you know, I, I could see him getting in a five or six more games from here on out and making a difference to the Royals and definitely being on that playoff roster for sure. He's already your most dynamic lefty you have out there in the pen. Lewis Coleman, a nice scoreless inning on one hit. Again, though, offensively, just nothing. Omar Infante, brutal since the All-Star break. I, I think he's playing injured. I'd like to see him get more time off, although it's a little bit more difficult now without Christian Colon, but you've still got Giovatella. On the roster, you've still got Jason Nix. I'm not really thrilled about Jason Nix, but, you know, he is what he is. 
Um, Lorenzo Kane, like I mentioned on earlier, one of my favorite guys on the team has got to get it together. I mean, his bats are his bats are so predictable. He it's it's like he's o two or one two every at bat. He's swinging at, at, at the second pitch every time, no matter what. He's getting crowded. He's jamming himself. He, uh, I, I think Kane is is two thirds approach and one third is worn down. It would be nice to see him get a couple of days off at some point. And the Royals now have the options to do that with Dyson and Aoki, and you could throw out Willingham out there in a pinch or Abanez and Pagero in a pinch. And there's plenty of guys you could put out there to give Kane a couple of days off, which I think he needs, but that's just me. But now let's get to the bigger thing that you want to hear me talk about. You want to hear me talk about Danny Duffy and what I think on this because you've got your own opinions, and let's see if we agree on this. Now, I think there's option one and there's option two. Option two is the one I love the most. Option two I could see happening. Well, let's go through them first. Option one is the most likely scenario that Liam Hendricks starts the next one for sure in probably the next four turns through the rotation. So Danny Duffy is supposed to start four more games this year. And we're, th- th- these two options are assuming he's out for the year, which I think at this point is 60-40. He's probably out. I have a hard time believing that it's going to be just nothing in his shoulder and they're going to say take one start off. It could be that. Let's hope it is. But even if it's something fairly minor, I doubt he's ready to come back in the next two weeks. And if he's not ready to come back by the last week, he's probably done for the year because I don't know if you want to push him and throw him out there the last game of the year or in the playoffs. We'll see what they do with that. I suppose Duffy could also become a reliever later if they're worried about his innings. They could also put him on the postseason roster you know, as a 2-3 inning guy out of the bullpen. But I digress. Anyway, so these two options are assuming that Duffy's out for the rest of the year. So uh, you have Hendricks start the next one, obviously. And Finnegan is his main backup. You're hoping for four or five innings out of Hendricks of two or three run ball and then two or three runs, or sorry, two or three innings out of out of Finnegan. You're hoping those two combined can give you six to seven innings of three run ball. That's what I'm trying to say. I think those two piggyback like they do in the minor leagues could be fine for the next two start. For the, well, the next four, it could be okay depending on how Hendricks does. But I think the Royals should do option two. Option two, and I, I, I've looked at the schedule. Try to follow me on this. If, if you can pull the schedule up right now, I'll give you a second. Go to Royals.com or wherever you want to go and pull the schedule. I'm going to give you about 20 seconds to pull that up here before I go over this. Let me take a sip of water here. I was professional on the show. At least it's not beer this time. I had to drink one night earlier this summer <laughs> during an episode of Clubhouse Conversation. But pull the schedule up there. So the Royals, if you look at the schedule, have just one more day off the rest of the season. I'll give you about 10 more seconds here. Royals have one more day off the rest of the season. So like I said, Duffy's turn will come up four more times if you keep the five-man rotation. And it's going to come up Thursday night, September 11th. Look at that game against Boston at home. So Thursday night, September 11th against Boston, Duffy's supposed to pitch that night. Almost no matter what, that's obviously going to be Hendricks and Finnegan. That's a guarantee, even if Duffy's fine. So September 11th against Boston. Then you have Tuesday night, the 16th at home against the White Sox. So you're going to have to have that spot in the rotation on the 11th and 16th. Now, I'm about to propose a four-man rotation is what I'm getting at after the off day. But before I tell you that, the one factor in there is that Yozana Ventura is also a guy that they have kid gloves on with at this point. You don't want to go too many more innings with him. So I do acknowledge that's one thing with going to the four-man rotation after the off day that could create a snag is it's going to create one extra appearance for Ventura. He may have to go one extra game. Although, of course, if the Royals somehow get a nice lead, you could probably skip him the last weekend of the year in Chicago, which we'll get to. So it may not even necessarily mean an extra start, but it could in theory. So I am saying... In advance, I am aware of that. That's the one negative to going to a four-man rotation is you're already kind of stretching Ventura longer than you want. Now they're going to be even more paranoid after what happened to Duffy. But looking, so the, so basically the off day comes up, then, as you can see, the 18th of September. 
So Duffy's spot comes up the 11th and 16th. You're pitching no matter what. Henricks is pitching those two games, slash Finnegan, whoever else. Then you have an off day the 18th of September. I propose after that off day, from then on, you go to a four-man rotation at the end of the year. So the, September 18th and on, you're in a four-man rotation. So let's look at this, how it would work. So September 17th, the day before the off day, you have Ventura going. Then you come back for three against Detroit, the 19th, 20th, and 21st. And you've got Guthrie, Vargas, and Shields that weekend. So basically the 17th and on, it's four men. Ventura, Guthrie, Vargas, Shields. Then at Cleveland, last week of the season, it's Ventura, Guthrie, Vargas, Shields, and then Ventura, Guthrie, and Vargas to end the year. Now the other good thing about doing this is that it lines up your rotation exactly perfect for the playoffs. I mean, at that point, you have Jer- or you have uh, James Shields going on six days rest, if, if that's the way you do it. Because you have that day off after the season ends on that Monday, and you don't start the playoffs most likely until that Tuesday. So that gives your entire rotation five days off after that last time through, where they're back on normal normal schedule. And then once the playoffs hit, it's just a three- or four-man rotation period. You just do whatever you do because you don't make the playoffs very often. So you're not concerned once you make the playoffs. You're just throwing your guys out there and trying to get wins because that's what you play for. That's what you buy tickets for. You buy the gear. You watch the games. So I'm basically saying – Two more times for Hendricks slash Finnegan slash Duffy spot. Two more times, five-man rotation. And then the day before that, off day, essentially at the off day, you go to a four-man rotation at the end of the year. It creates one extra start for Ventura. Put your guys on the right playoff schedule. Maximizes your chances of winning. I think it's a no-brainer. So that's what I think the Royals should do. So what I'm basically trying to tell you is and if Duffy's out long-term, it's a huge problem for us in 2015, obviously, because if you lose Shields and Duffy, well, all of a sudden, you know, you before you had Duffy, Ventura, Vargas, and Guthrie, now all of a sudden you've got two question marks in your rotation next year in opening day. You, you can live with one question mark in your opening day rotation if you want to be a playoff team, but not two. So obviously next year, that's, that's a topic for a different day. And, and this could be nothing. It could be nothing. I'm just saying... If that does happen, I think the Royals will be okay for the rest of this year because I don't think they're going to need Duffy's slot in the rotation more than two more times. And they can figure it out once they get to the playoffs. Finnegan could be a big wild card in the playoffs as a multi-inning guy out of the pen, a swing guy. you know. So it does hurt a little bit of your depth in the playoffs as well. You, know, you were probably thinking you could have Guthrie as your long guy in the playoffs. That may not happen now. Guthrie's probably starting, but I, the Royals the Royals would be okay to make the playoffs. I believe they can make the playoffs without Duffy. Getting to the playoffs, they're going to have to have the offense perform better, obviously, because you're going to lose one of your shutdown lefties. So the offense will have to score a little bit more. But I don't think this will affect the Royals too much in actually making the playoffs. And another topic for tomorrow, I did some more math tonight as far as Detroit goes. Detroit only has 20 games left. I think they have to go 13-7 and seven to make the playoffs, minimum. 13-7 and seven minimum. And that only gets them to 90. So the Royals, if, if the Royals get to 91 wins, to me, the season's over. I think 91 wins is going to win the Central, period. 91 is, is the official number. I think Detroit gets to about 89 or 90, probably 89. I'm not sure Detroit's capable of winning 90 games right now with having uh, perhaps the worst bullpen in all of baseball and a couple of question marks in their rotation. And there's, you know, Cabrera could fold at any time. Look how he's been playing injured forever. He's a stud. He's brave. But any time now, he could fold. I'm just saying, I don't think Detroit's going to hold up and win 90. So I'm not that concerned about the Royals making the play. I mean, I'm concerned. I don't think it's a lock. I think the Royals, you know, are 60-40 right now to win the division. I give them, if you ask me with a gun to my head, I would tell you the Royals have a 60% chance at winning the Central. May have been 65 with Duffy, but I still don't think in the grand scheme 
I think you, I think you can get by with Henriks and Finnegan for two more starts, maybe even three. And if the Royals somehow pull a big lead, you know, somehow going to Detroit and sweep them, well, then you can just ditch the four-man rotation idea if you've got a nice lead. I'm just saying if this thing is neck and neck like it's probably going to be, and if Duffy's out, I go to the four-man rotation once that off day comes. That's just me. So tomorrow, Shane Green against Ventura. I need the win tomorrow. Four and two, three eight eight for Green. Like I said, coming off a rough outing against Boston, I don't know how I like him. You know, on one hand, I guess he's due for a bad start, or, or you know, he's on a slide. But on the other hand, he's probably due for a good start. I don't know how you look. I, I'm giving up trying to predict this Royals offense. I thought they would. I thought they'd hit McCarthy today. I said yesterday I thought they'd hit six, seven runs in today. Didn't even come close to happening. I was able to nail the Willingham and Pagero in the lineup though, but I also thought Kratz would be in there. So I guess I was way off overall. Who knows? You can't predict this team. So anyway, thanks for listening to Clubhouse Conversation. Hang in there. Don't be too negative. I think we'll be okay. Let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope and pray and anything else you want to do for the best for Duffy. Come on. The kid deserves it. Not only for him. I mean, it's not only for the team and for the fans. It's for the. It's for Duffy. The kid, I, I know a lot about the guy that I'll never release. He, he's gone through a lot. He's a great person. Great guy. Loves Kansas City. Loves the fans. Loves his teammates. And his teammates reciprocate. They love him as well. This is just one guy you don't want anything more bad to happen to, injury-wise, because he's overcome a lot. So I'm really, really hoping, not only for selfish reasons for us as fans and for the organization, but for his own, you know, for his own sake. He doesn't. He, he deserves some good breaks here. So let's hope he gets some good news tomorrow. Either way, we'll talk to you again after the game tomorrow. Hopefully the Royals get that win. They need the 3-3 three and three on the trip, and, and hopefully uh, Detroit loses again. As they're throwing out Lobstein tomorrow. Later.